Hello and welcome to thejournal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. I'm Nikki Ryan, standing in for Sinead O'Carroll, and for our very first episode of 2020, we're looking at how does Met Erin decide on its weather warnings. In Ireland, we are all utterly fascinated with the weather and it's very obvious why. It's extremely variable due to our unique position on planet Earth and also as our little island is battered by storm after storm rolling in off the Atlantic Ocean. So because of this, Erin plays a very important role and over the past decade we've seen the introduction of colour-coded warnings by the forecaster. So these carry a lot of power. A red warning can see the relevant parts of the country brought essentially to a standstill. And because a lot of people pay attention to the weather, if the warning doesn't turn out exactly as planned or happen at exactly the time that people thought it would, the public can sometimes be left questioning the forecaster's rationale. So to help figure all of this out, I'm joined in studio by the journal.au reporter Sean Murray, and I'll later be heading out to Erin to speak with the head of forecasting there, Evelyn Cusack. So firstly, Sean, why does Erin issue these warnings in the first place? So Erin is, is obviously the weather forecaster of the country, and it has a public service mandate which is aimed primarily at protecting the lives of people and ensure the safety of citizens. And as well as that, it aims to help people and businesses mitigate potential damage to their property caused by weather events like flooding or winds or whatever else. And it tries to reduce the impact on businesses so that better decisions can be made when we know that some bad weather is on the way. So the way it works is Met Aaron's main suite of warnings are issued by whoever is the duty forecaster between 10 a.m. and midday, and they're updated as necessary as Met Aaron kind of gets new information about the weather that's coming our way. So in general, warnings will not be issued more than 48 hours ahead of the expected adverse weather event coming towards us, but they do issue advisories on potential hazards up to a week in advance. And that's essentially them saying there might be bad weather, but it's too far out for us to say that you need to take any sort of action. Yeah, and we've seen that during um, Storm Lorenzo back in October. It was kind of well flagged in advance that it was hurricane strength when we first heard about it, and it was in the Atlantic, and it was coming in our general direction. But as it turned out, it didn't quite hit us as we quite expect it. Can you talk us through the different levels of warning that can be issued? The status yellow ones, I think, are the most routine. So we, we would know ourselves from being in a newsroom that these kind of warnings are issued on an almost weekly basis. And people, like the general population, might not even know that this has been issued because, by and large, it doesn't affect the general population's lives. It, it's a kind of warning where there could be a kind of severe period of rain in a localised community. Like here we're talking about kind of up to 50 millimetres in 24 hours, which could be a lot for a certain community, depending on where it is. It could cause some localised flooding or stuff like that. So it's something that people who are in that immediate area should be aware of, but there's no immediate threat to life. Like uh, I'll read you um, Met Aaron's description of it. It's weather that does not pose a threat to the general population, but is potentially dangerous on a localised scale. So you still need to take care, but it's nowhere near the urgency of an orange or red warning. And there's also status green, which is just all normal weather conditions, nothing really exciting is going on. Come here, it's still Irish weather, so it's not always going to be good. There's there's still a lot going on, but it might not be too bad or anything. Um, But tell us about status red. How does Met Aaron describe that? So according to Met Aaron's definition, a red alert is a rare, extremely dangerous and destructive weather event. It presents a threat to life and people need to, to echo that iconic phrase, avoid unnecessary journeys. Businesses should consider whether their employees should come to work, for example, or whether they should open at all. During these red alert warnings, people don't always heed these warnings, but 
People are told to follow instructions and advice given by the authorities under all circumstances because it is that severe. Um, and I mean, like for a red alert warning, it could be for a variety of reasons. It could be for snow, like it was during Storm Emma. It could be for rain. It could be for wind. And it could be for low temperatures. And it also could be for high temperatures. What would a status red high temperature warning look like in Ireland? So the way Met Aaron defines that is, is that it would be when the temperature exceeds 30 degrees Celsius, but it persists for two or more consecutive nights. And we're not even talking about days there. That's two consecutive nights. So all going to plan, we won't have anything like that in Ireland soon. Could you tell us the description of a status orange weather warning? So this is the second most severe warning. Met Aaron calls this infrequent and dangerous weather conditions, which may pose a threat to life and property. So when it comes to an orange alert, people should prepare themselves in an appropriate way, depending on their location and what they're up to that day. So the way Mayor Aaron says, all people and property in the affected areas so of there's a orange alert for Galway, wind alert, it's going to have a significant impact on that area where you are. And what would be the difference, say, between, can you give us a difference between the rainfall for a status yellow rainfall warning and a status orange rainfall warning? Well, so if we're, if we're looking at rainfall then, um, for a status yellow rainfall warning, it means that there's up to 50 millimetres of rain falling in 24 hours, so over the course of a day. But when you come to the orange then, that could be 50 millimetres in just 12 hours, which is obviously a more significant downpour. And Medairin has a huge range of these very exact breakdowns of the thresholds for what counts as what colour warning, um, all detailed on their website. So, for example, I'm looking at it here, 65 to 80 kilometre per hour winds, that would count as orange. But once you get beyond 80 kilometres per hour, that's when you start heading towards red territory. But obviously, that it's not exactly how it works in practice. And I'll be speaking to Evelyn a little bit about that later on. But Sean... Talk to us about Storm Lorenzo, which was a status orange warning, but a kind of notable one. I, th- I think it was, yeah, because um, in the last few years, we've had Storm Ophelia, which was a red alert. We've had, as we mentioned, the Beast and Deast and Storm Emma, which was a red alert. And also Storm Ophelia, or ex-Hurricane Ophelia, as it's properly called, that was an incredible weather event. That was still a hurricane just mere hours off the coast of Ireland. And that was October 2017, and it was it was just a really absolutely catastrophic event. We had, like there were three people who had died like as directly as a result of this storm in Dundalk and Waterford and Tipperary. And actually, I went down to Cork the following day, and it was it was really the southern half of the country which was most affected. And when it, when I went to Cork City, I travelled around some of the streets around the city, and there were whole roads where tree after tree after tree they all had been absolutely just torn down by this storm. And I think people kind of had all of that in their mind when they heard about Storm Lorenzo. So, like, as, as we said before, Met Aaron might issue an advisory a week before a weather event is due to hit us. They will actually save the warnings until at least 48 hours before that weather event hits us. So I think we had those weather events in mind, these kind of catastrophic, everyone stay at home weather events. When we heard that a hurricane was coming to us, and we heard the likes of uh, Owen Murphy from, uh, speaking at the National Emergency Coordination Group. That's when all the kind of main players come in, the Gardaí, the Defence Forces, Met Air and the government, they're all standing in the same room and they're chatting about what we're going to do when we're hearing there that a large hurricane is heading our way. Everyone kind of says, oh, Jesus, this is going to be terrible. But it actually didn't turn out that way. And we're, I think Evelyn is going to explain a bit, little bit about why that was the case. So when we're hearing about these advisories from Met Aaron, how are they formulating those? So, like, Met Aaron would work in collaboration with, like, other other forecasting state agencies ar- around Europe. 
and they would like what they do is to try and create the best picture of what weather's heading all of our way they would all pool their data together and like historical data current data and run these through computer algorithms to create these weather models so in in the case of storm lorenzo say our models were saying that it's coming towards us there are so many different because there's so many different ways weather can change minute to minute hour by hour we know it's coming in our general direction and the weather models can predict up to a point what way it's coming from but we wouldn't know exactly where it's going to hit up until maybe a day or two beforehand i think as it's very clear from that um forecasting the weather is a very difficult job um so i spoke to evelyn cusack um head of forecasting at madarin up in their headquarters which if people don't know it it is a very unusual building. It's a giant silver pyramid up in Glasnevin um, on the on Dublin's north side. Um, that's what I kind of touched on first with her, is that weather forecasting isn't easy. Well, I suppose kids now think you can just get the weather from the phone, from your app. But of course, who populates the app? Well, the people who populate the app are MetAir and, and all the National Met Services. Now, when I started in forecasting over 30 years ago, we it was really just the beginning of what we call numerical weather prediction. That's using uh, computers. In the last 30 years, obviously, computing has, you know, changed enormously. So weather forecasting has improved from a predictability of about one day to a reasonable certainty of five days now with a general outlook for 10 days ahead. And that's why people say, oh, you can't tell more than 10 days. So that the 10 days comes into the fact that we use the European Centre for Medium Range Weather Forecasting. Ireland is one of the countries, 27 countries around Europe. And this is the best model in the world for medium range weather forecasting. Um, beyond that, we actually met Erin have just started experimental monthly forecasts and we hope to publish them online next year. But there isn't a huge amount of skill yet for our latitude. It's much easier to forecast seasonally. Obviously, down in the Canaries, it's always warm and sunny, whereas at Ireland's latitudes, 50 north, it's very, very variable. So to answer your question, um, our weather is very variable because at our latitudes, we have a constant clash between polar air coming down from the north and warm tropical air coming up from the south. And where the two clash, that clash zone is, that's what's called a front and that was named by the meteorologist Bjorkness in the early 1900s, liking it to the Western Front in World War One. So like the two armies clashing. And it just so happens that the average position of this front is between 50 and 55 degrees north all around the uh, whole world and that's where Ireland is of course and that's why some days it's hot because we've air coming from the south some days it's cold because we've air coming from the north and the clash zone is where the rain is we've rain clearing to cold weather rain clearing to warm weather and very very variable very hard to predict you mentioned there the experimental monthly forecast but currently how far in advance would you be confident of what the weather is going to look like well, that's a, that's a really good question and it actually depends on the weather. Sometimes the atmosphere is more in a more predictable state than others. But um, uh, we're going to talk a bit about warnings and we only ever issue warnings about 48 hours to uh, 60 hours ahead. We don't issue warnings further than that because things can vary too much uh, before then. Now we can give advisories about a week to 10 days ahead based on the European model but even within 48 hours there is still a degree of uncertainty. So for example um, we only name a storm 
when we expect orange level winds over a, at least a couple of counties. But to name a storm three days ahead, OK, we, we, we can know that there will be a storm, but whether it'll affect Ireland, if, if it stays just 50 miles offshore, it can make a huge difference. So Ireland is very small. And if you look at the size of the Atlantic, weather systems come across 3000 miles and we're only 200 miles wide or long or whatever. So if they miss us by 50 miles, it doesn't seem a lot if you're a mathematician. But in terms of for people on the ground, us, the citizen, it can mean a huge amount. So it's the difference between a warning and not a warning. And of course, we don't want to cry wolf. We don't want to say, well, in three days time. Well, we do say actually in three days time. There is a risk of stormy weather, but keep in touch with the forecast. That's why. And hopefully the closer you get to the time, the better. So finally, to answer your question, it can vary. But hopefully we would have a good idea two days ahead. And you mentioned there in terms of this, like if you've reached a stage where there is going to be an orange warning put in place. um, People might find online that there's very kind of exact measurements for, you know, if it's a minimum of speed wind X for yellow or speed wind X for orange. And Sean has gone through a few of those general characteristics. But it's not as definite for yourselves when you're deciding where to issue an orange warning or yellow warning or rarely a red warning. Yeah, I mean... that's that's a really good point because that summarizes the the crux of the problem really or you know um you know, if you look at our criteria, you know, it's uh, up to 110 for yellow, but then suddenly you start at 110 for orange. So so where's the transition? So when we're issuing warnings, we try and take into account impacts. So, for example, I'll give you a good example now. In September 2018, there was a storm we named Storm Storm Alley. Uh, the strongest of the winds were in the west and the northwest and orange warnings, perhaps gusting into the red, very high seas, etc. But the winds, when you have a storm moving to crossing the Atlantic and moving off the northwest coast, say moving on towards Norway, really the west and the north get the worst of it. And then the Midlands and east and south don't get as strong. But the peak of the storm force winds was to coincide with the ploughing championships. And that's why really our models and we were predicting winds of, say, 100 kilometres per hour over the Midlands, which is in the yellow, as you can see for our leaflet. But because basically we're talking about a tented village with 100,000 people visiting and people travelling from all over around, we opted to an orange. So that was taking into account impact considerations. But it isn't always as easy as that. For example, if there's going to be a few snow showers in Dublin, chaos. If it's if it hits at rush hour, I mean, genuinely, it's not because uh, commuters are scaredy cats. It's because genuinely it causes difficult driving conditions. And, you know, if we ever get heavy rain along the M7 or along the commuter corridor, I mean, there's always accidents on the M50 and the motorways, isn't there? And that's because even yellow, if you like, uh, status yellow amounts of rain can have a huge impact so it's very difficult to to call the color sometimes so you'd have to say the time of day the actual day of the week 
Funny enough, you would think Sunday is a quiet day, but now, especially around this time of year, um, it can have huge impacts. For example, in earlier in the year, in April, on a Sunday afternoon, we had heavy rain up in the Midlands. And because it was the weather was cold, it actually turned to snow and it really caused a lot of holdups on the motorways because all thousands of people are traveling back uh, to Dublin from home. So, in fact, we should have had a yellow uh, for impact. I suppose that leads me on to the timings of the warnings and those incidents where a warning has been issued suddenly. Um, Is that due to a change in the models you're looking at or is it conditions on the ground or how does that happen? Well, sometimes... Uh, we don't have a warning out and we probably should have a warning out. So what our model is, is it's an attempt to uh, describe the physics of the atmosphere. So that's our meteorological model. It's basically the physics of the atmosphere. Um, if you think of the atmosphere, every molecule, every air molecule is its own little weather system. So what is temperature? So if you measure it temperature using a thermometer, what causes the mercury? Well, that's not allowed anymore, mercury. But what causes the heat is the kinetic energy of the molecules hitting off the thermometer. So the more energy the molecules have, the higher the temperature. So in fact, temperature is the uh, measure of the average kinetic energy of millions of molecules. So we're only like we only have a number of stations. We now have 60 stations in Ireland, but there's billions of air molecules. So even the initial stations of the atmosphere is an approximation. So then when we use all our really difficult equations and project forward in time, there's countless errors along the route. It's called chaos. Did you ever see Jurassic Park? Yes. The yes. chaotician. What's his name? Um, Don't put me on the spot. I can't no, remember. no, I can't remember. <laughs> the, the actor anyway, but the chaotician was there. So weather forecasting is all chaos theory. It's not chaotic now, hopefully, but the weather, while... It is possible. It is a deterministic system in the sense that if you knew the initial conditions exactly and use the laws of physics like Boyle's law that we all learned in school and Charles's law, we should be able to predict exactly where the molecules go. But we can never know exactly where every single billion molecule is in the first place. So there is an inherent uh, lack of knowledge and uncertainty in the weather system. So listen, that's our excuse anyway. <laughs> and I suppose then in terms of trying to explain all of this to the public, does having your simple yellow, orange, red warning system in place make it easier or does it sometimes complicate things? Well, um, they seem with us forever, but colour coding has really only come in um in about 2009 to 2013. Um, and in fact, Ireland, it's part of the European meteor alarm system. So all countries in Europe use this colour coding. But we have different criteria. Obviously, a yellow high temperature warning for Ireland is 27 to 30. Whereas that's just a fairly cool day in Greece. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like their yellow would be almost uh, 35 to 40. So we tailor it for impacts for our own local countries. But... I got a shock actually recently um, that somebody said to me, why is there a yellow warning out? The sun is shining outside. And I genuinely got a shock because the this was in Dublin and the yellow warning was for the following day in Cork. But that message hadn't got through. So 
It is. It's all communication. So, um, you know, Matt Aaron was delighted to curate the Be Winter Ready booklet this year. And basically, I've been touring the country. And that's why it's really great to be allowed to go on your podcast and explain this, because it's a reasonably new concept. And the same with storm warnings. And look, why does Met Aaron exist? Met Aaron is our wages, our whole raison d'etre is to provide forecasts for the people of Ireland and the citizens of Ireland. So I want people to understand the warnings. So I think when we say um, yellow, just read it, find out where it is and when it's for. And it might have no effect on you whatsoever. But for example, if there's a warning of status yellow winds, is it you're, if you're a roofer, well, then maybe you should check. <laughs> that might affect you. But if you're just going out for a walk, like you'd probably be fine. So just check your activity. But with orange, always listen out and read carefully. Because, for example, um, orange is quite serious. And especially, you know, there's degrees of orangeness. There's sort of orange verging towards red. And it may warrant cancelling an event or delaying it. Because supposing, just supposing we have yellow status yellow winds, let's say 100 kilometres per hour winds, no damage whatsoever. But then if there's another one three days later, well, then the trees might be uprooted slightly. And then if we get an orange, well, then there could be a lot of trees down or whatever. So we have to take into account recent weather, the state of the ground. It's called soil moisture deficit. Has there been much rain? So it is very complicated. So as forecasters, we can't decide what every tree is going to do. We wouldn't be able to now, to be honest, obviously. So it does need some local knowledge. And that's where the local authorities are great because they can judge themselves. But again, they can't decide for every single citizen. But definitely, I would say categorically, if there's an orange warning out for your area, take heed. And as trees that say, don't make unnecessary journeys, see what it's for. I mean, if you can put it off, wait, isn't it worth it? I mean, a tree can fall on any at any time during a storm or, or even a high yellow. And what was that like when we had a national red weather warning, say, for example, for ex-hurricane Ophelia? And what what was it like in here in Med when that decision was made to issue that status red warning? I mean, that was an extremely serious storm. You know, my colleagues in the forecast office, I hadn't made it into work yet, had just issued red for parts of the West and Southwest Coast. So the whole thing during Saturday itself, we're looking at the latest model. We run our Met Air and high resolution model. I'll tell you about that in a second, but we run that four times a day. So looking at the morning run, the midday run, the afternoon run and like you don't want to overwarn. Obviously, we don't want to close down the country for no reason, but it did look like a potentially very serious event. OK, we don't get hurricanes at our latitudes as such because the sea te- you need a temperature of 27 in the sea. So the sea temperature with the best will in the world, you're stretching to 17 degrees off the southwest coast. But nonetheless, because it was a hurricane when it was just six, six hours off our shores, it was a hurricane. So potentially very serious. Like when we say ex-hurricane, it can still do a hell of a lot of damage. So I was there in the decision process, I'm afraid, all day Sunday trying to decide. So eventually with the the afternoon run, which was in about five o'clock on making the decision, we decided not that it was safer, but there was too much uncertainty in trying to pinpoint it. And that's when we extended it to all areas. And indeed, there was a huge amount of damage done through Tipperary and up through Kilkenny and even in parts of the northeast. The city of Dublin itself uh, 
um, really, uh, I won't say it was miraculous because I'm a scientist, but uh, the strong winds really didn't come until late evening. But the whole point, if... If, for example, the reasoning was if Dublin had been left open as such, all the commuters were travelling up through the violent storm up from Kilkenny. There were hundreds and hundreds of trees down. So it's not it's not that, you know, everyone stays put in Ireland anymore. So it's the huge widespread knock on effect. And then people, you know, everyone travels into college as well, maybe 50 miles. Like commuters come from the Midlands. So there were all those, they're called impact considerations. So asking what it felt like here. Well, obviously, this is what we're paid to do. This is what we're trained to do. But it is very stressful, obviously, and not as stressful as, you know, a, a nurse or a doctor in an emergency ward. But nonetheless, you know, we, we don't know what that feels like. So I say I found it extremely stressful. Yeah. One final thing as well is that there has been um, some criticism before in terms of, say, for example, with Storm Lorenzo, whether people thought it was going to be yeah. worse or that. Well, of course, I'm blaming you for that. <laughs> so it was... <laughs> It's how people would interpret the um, forecasts. Well, no, um, all joking aside, Lorenzo, OK, it was a hurricane, definitely down thousands and thousands of miles away. In a way, we're a victim of our own success. I'm talking about weather forecasters because remember saying the European model, that can look 10 days ahead. So the 10-day track, the 9-day track, the 8-day track was sending it towards Western Europe. But of course... We never know until closer to the time. Is it a possibility? In fact, the strike areas five days ahead gave a probability of the strike anywhere between Greenland and northern Spain. So I must say it was very difficult for me as head of forecasting and for my forecasters because all the media, <coughs> social media, sorry, uh, were saying Lorenzo's going to hit Ireland, uh, winds of 150 kilometres per hour to hit Ireland in five days. I was saying, no, 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 please. Um, but, you know, thinking back a long, long time ago, you're far too young to remember Michael Fish, a, a UK weatherman, there will not be a hurricane, madam. So, you know, we were kind of slow to say there will not be a hurricane, but we didn't issue warnings until the day before. That's how uncertain it was. And just that, then it was yellow and orange. So, I, you know, as even now people are saying, Evelyn, why were you forecasting a hurricane? And, you know, we weren't. But, you know, social media, everyone's getting forecasts now and it's good really in a way. But listen, don't be forecasting hurricanes for us. <laughs> Two things, Sean, um, before we wrap up. Um, I made a bit of a show myself there because as a big Jurassic Park fan, I of course know who the Chaostician is and it is Jeff Goldblum. And when Evelyn put me on the spot, I just blanked. So look, that's what happened there. I just want to explain that side of things. I, I, I think our listeners will appreciate you clarifying that. Yes, yes. I'm sure people were shouting at their phones listening to that. Um, but also, she mentioned the um, weather forecast by Michael Fish, which happened in what year was it? It was 1987. So she was right. It was about, you know, four or five years before we were born. But what exactly was that incident that she was referring to? So this is probably the most famous weather report of all time. No, no weather forecaster now wants to have a Michael Fish moment. So... Michael Fish worked for the BBC and he was saying during a broadcast that a woman living on the south coast of England had rang the BBC and said she had heard there was a hurricane on the way. And what Michael Fish said was, well, if you're watching, don't worry, there isn't. And that went on to become the Great Storm of 1987. Which, as the name suggests, I'd imagine the weather wasn't very good that day. I mean, it was, it was one of the worst storms to hit kind of southern England, northern France in, in centuries. Like um, there was over, over 20 casualties 
billions worth of pounds of damage and it's because of the such a severe effect of that weather event no one ever wants to have a michael fish moment again but that was a long time ago at this stage and as evelyn mentioned there the forecasting technology has come on dramatically since then so all going to plan no one in med will be having a michael fish moment anytime soon sean thanks very much for coming on the explainer thanks so much for having me nikki Thank you for listening to The Explainer and a big thank you to both Sean and Evelyn. If you're listening to this episode in early January and are looking for a few new podcasts to get stuck into, I'd recommend checking out our back catalogue. We've more than 40 episodes there for you to check out. Another one you might be interested in is Stardust, a series Sean and myself also worked on together, which explores the story behind the 1981 nightclub fire. Series producer of The Explainer is Christine Bohan, producer Eva Barry, I'm assistant producer, and our usual presenter, Sinead, will be back soon. Thank you for listening, and Happy New Year. <laughs>